about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Well, and welcome to another week of All In With The Lord. Every week, we try to take one more point of getting closer to being all in with the Lord and discuss it and learn how to become completely uh, all in, encompassed by the Word. There's so many ways to look at the Word of God, and God never fails to come through with a new, fresh angle for us to learn how His kingdom works on this earth. The purpose of our existence, as it is right now, is to discover the magnificence of how God created us and the awesomeness by which he's caused his kingdom to be available to us on the earth. I guess the question is, how many people are really searching for his kingdom on the earth? and how to operate it, how to have a, a life that's filled with joy, peace, and happiness. Today, when you look around the world, you don't see a lot of that. So, therefore, there's something missing. And what's missing is a demonstration of how to live that way by the people who are calling themselves Christians followers of the Christ. Are you a follower of the Christ? And if you are, which I am, and I know most people, if you're listening to me, are, but then where are the demonstrations? Where, are, where is the evidence of that? How do we allow others in the world to see us in a light that they go, boy, I want to be like them. I want to be where they are. I don't believe that most Christians even think about the fact that their life is a demonstration of the power of God operating on the earth through them and is your life something that others want to be like? Uh, I think that's the question. Why did people follow Jesus around? Let's be honest. Not because he went in the desert all by himself and they said, hey, there's a guy, let's go out there and see him. No, he was leaving a trail of demonstrations of how the kingdom of God operates and people were so fascinated that they would say, hey, hey, he's over here, or he's over there. He's coming. Jesus of Nazareth is coming. And the people would flock to follow him. So my question is to all of us, when will we begin to be like Jesus? Now, obviously, Jesus was Jesus. But he said he came that we could have life 
and have it more abundantly. And that we should be able to do in his name greater works than he has done. Hmm. Well, I am, we're watching for that, aren't we? We're watching for it to occur. What has to happen in order for that to occur? The believers, us, all of us, have to wake up and realize who we are. And realize that when he said the kingdom of God is at hand, he meant literally it's at hand, your hand and my hand. And that we are to begin to wake up and be able to utilize that kingdom for the purpose of demonstrating what heaven would be like if it were on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, we're going to kind of launch out um, into the Sabbath rest. Um, what does that mean? God doesn't want you to work all the time, right? That's what most people think Sabbath rest means. Most, even Christians, are running around day and night trying to make a living because that's what happened after Adam sinned. He had to work by the sweat of his brow. But didn't Jesus come back and say that he was the fulfillment of that? Well, let's read a few scriptures, and let's see if Jesus the Christ is, in reality, is the Sabbath, and that we are living in a time that ought to be considered the Sabbath. Hebrews 4.9, <clears throat> so then, there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. <clears throat> this is Hebrews. So in Hebrews, that's before Jesus came, he's saying that we're still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. Sabbath rest, okay, what is that? Well, let's go back to Genesis 2. In verse 1 through 3, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. God rested. Was he tired? No, he was done. And God blessed and spoke of the seventh day, and he set it apart as his own day, and hallowed it, made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work which he had created and done. So God took a day off. He called it holy. It's a demonstration of a lot of things. One is he's trying to tell all of us, you need to take a day off. You can't work day and night, 24-7, and never have time off. That's why he set the Sabbath apart. 
So as history progressed, the Sabbath became a law to take, you know, beginning of the Sabbath, you stopped everything and you did it as unto the Lord. But here in Colossians 2.16, it says, Therefore, let no one sit in judgment on you in matters of food and drink or with regard to a feast day or a new moon or a Sabbath. So how can that be? Jesus came and he fulfilled the law and he became for us um, the Sabbath. And I will show you that as we go along. First of all, if when we work day and night, we aren't in the zone at all of helping people and creating things. We're just always busy, always moving, never reaching in, no time to reach into the Holy Spirit and to really hear from the Lord. We're put here to do things for the Lord and to and to love one another. And and we have to get past where we're working day and night just to survive. So let's read now Leviticus 25, verse 10 through 13. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and all its inhabitants. And so now we're not only taking uh, the Sabbath, but we're taking every seventh year, okay, and then we're taking the, every fiftieth year. And I'll read that to you as we go. But as we shall hallow the 50th year, proclaim liberty to the land and all its inhabitants, it shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his ancestral possessions, which through poverty he was compelled to sell. Well, you might have sold something in that time because you, you needed money, but now you return to it. And each of you shall return to his family in, from whom he was separated in bond service. So if you were sold yourself as a slave, now you return to your family. The 50th year, every 50th year. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. In it you shall not sow or reap and store what grows of itself or gather the grapes of the uncultivated vines. For its jubilee, it shall be holy to you. You shall eat the sufficient increase of it out of the field. In this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his ancestral property. Everything was forgiven in jubilee. All debt was forgiven. Anything you had, you got you lost, you got back. It's a very interesting concept. But every 50th year, you got it back. That was considered jubilee. Now, we're going somewhere with this. Now, here's Leviticus 25.20. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? Because it was every seventh year you were supposed to take off as well. Jubilee is when everything was forgiven. But every seventh year, you didn't eat or you didn't sow in the field 
What shall we eat in the seventh year if we are not to sow and gather our increase? Well, God was going to provide. God would provide that seventh year just like he provided the manna in the desert. And on the seventh day, they gathered enough on the sixth day, and it lasted through the seventh day. That's the way God designed it to be. God fed them. Six days, and he rested. Six days, and he rested. The manna would not be any good to eat the next day during the week, but on that sixth day, before the seventh day, it was good enough for two days. It would be enough there for two days. In the seventh year, on the sixth year, God would provide enough to feed them for the whole seventh year. So they were to go out in the field, but not sow not work. One whole year, they were not supposed to work. Just relax. Could you imagine today if I said to you, take off one year, and the sixth year is going to have enough in it that it will pay all your bills for the seventh year? Well, that is exactly what they're talking about. Well, let's read uh, Exodus 16, Verse 23 to 29. And he said to them, Lord, the Lord has said, Tomorrow is solemn rest, a holy Sabbath. To the Lord, bake and boil what you will bake and boil today. And all that remains over, put aside to keep until morning. They lay it aside till morning, and Moses told them, it did not become foul, neither was it wormy. That was the, uh, the manna. So God provided the manna, and he said on the sixth day it didn't go bad, okay? All the other days, they didn't go bad. So God did something different there to show them that he could provide for the seventh day on the sixth day. There's a message here. On the sixth day, it provided for the seventh. Uh, Moses, today is Sabbath to the Lord. Find none in the field. Six days shall you gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there shall be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none, just like the Lord said. The Lord said to Moses, How long? People refuse to keep my commandments and laws. Actually, even just listen to a simple command. I said, don't go out on the seventh day. And here they go out looking for food. I've given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives the sixth day the bread for two days. Let every man remain in place. Let no man leave his place on the seventh day. God obviously feels it's very important to rest and spend family time. And that's what he's trying to get across to all of us. So resting on the Sabbath or taking and working six days a week and resting on the seventh seems to be very important to God since he created everything in six days and he rested, set it apart, and made it holy on the seventh day. Now, let's see how this ties into us today. Where does it come in? Do we have something to think about here? On Luke 4, verse 16 through 21. 
So Jesus came to Nazareth. And when he was brought up, when he had been brought up, he entered the synagogue, and he was custom. Okay, and where and where he had been brought up, he entered the synagogue, and as was his custom, on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read. So it was a custom where he was brought up that if he was there, he got to stand up and read. And there was handed to him the scroll of the book of the prophet. He opened or unrolled the scroll and found the place where he had written. The spirit, <coughs> excuse me, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has me to announce and recovery of sight to the blind, to set forth as delivered those who were oppressed or downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That is the year of Jubilee. So let's go back and read this again. I believe... So, yeah, Jesus said that, you know, he came to preach the good news to the poor in spirit. Poor, your spirit feels poor. I, he, what's good news to anybody who's poor? That your bills are paid. That you're no longer in debt, right? That's the good news. What good news would it be for Jesus to say, I came to preach good news to the poor. You can keep on being poor as long as you want, but, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be okay when you get to heaven. That's that's ridiculous. And I know it's been taught, and I know that it's been preached, and I know theologians who still preach it. However, that is a thing. Satan proves. So, the poor, he sent me to announce the release to the captives. Well, doesn't that sound like Jubilee? That now you're gone back, and were, if you were a slave, you're a slave no more. You're not a captive anymore. You're in Jubilee. Um, he sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who were oppressed, if you were oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, I'm here to tell you we can get you up today. You don't have to be you don't have to be depressed anymore. You don't have to be. You you just because of your lot in life where you were born, you don't have to be stuck there anymore. I have come to bring you life and good news. And to, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. If you go back and we read in Genesis, the acceptable year of the Lord was Jubilee. So Jubilee, I come 
to bring you Jubilee. Now, until Jesus came, there was no active Jubilee except for the 50th year. He's saying, I'm bringing it, and it, I, because I'm here, that makes all the difference. So let me finish what he said here. Then he rolled up the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were gazing intently at him. And he began to speak to them. At that day, today, the scripture has been fulfilled while you are present in its hearing. He had the, uh, the complete, um, what would you call it, boldness to say to everyone in there, as of this day, because I'm standing here, Jubilee is forevermore. You have been delivered. Now, I am Jubilee. I am. It has been fulfilled. Live from this day forward in Jubilee. And of course, that made them extremely mad. And they said, who is this guy? Is this the carpenter's kid? I mean, come on. And they really tried to kill him. And that really got them because he's saying, you don't have to wait 50 years. You don't have to wait 50 years to be in Jubilee and have everything restored. You don't have to wait even seven years to have a, a year off. I am here fulfilling it today. I'm not sure I've heard this taught a lot. I'm not sure I've heard this taught anywhere. That someone said to me, Art, you don't have to work and toil anymore. You have to live in Jubilee. Jubilee meaning that everything from what we did do will take care of us going forward, but that's the Lord taking care of that for us. In other words, our faith is in Him and His Jubilee, not in our own ability to make money. There's a difference. You know, we go out to make money, to pay the bills, to survive. But God is saying, I am Jubilee, and I brought Jesus to you. So there's a way for you to activate the kingdom and live like it's Jubilee every day of your life. Now, I know there's a lot of people, probably anybody's watching this or listening to this, what, are you crazy? No, I'm not. As a matter of fact, I'm finally getting sane. I'm finally getting the crazy out of me, the crazy that was taught to all of us, that we have to work forever. Not since Jesus came. He wants us to use the kingdom. He wants us to activate the kingdom. He wants us to demonstrate the kingdom. He wants us to live like it's Jubilee. Now, does that mean you, you quit your job and you don't work? No, that's not what I'm saying. But it's time to begin to cross the process of understanding how Jubilee works and how to sow and reap, how to put in the, the sowing and receive the reaping while God provides all that you need, all that you need. You don't have to be poor 
in any more or poor in spirit because of being poor. You don't have to walk around with your head down. Jesus said, bring faith instead of money. You can use faith as my as the currency that gets you whatever you want. You realize that? That's the currency, faith. Right now, there's a lot going on with currency in the world. Oh, man. The government wants to go all digital. Oh, man, big surprise to Christians, right? That's the only way they can control what you do, what you buy, and shut you off if you don't bow your knee to government. But we don't have to bow our knee to government or anyone if we learn how to activate Jubilee in our life. And from the time Jesus preached that till now, we're in Jubilee, but most Christians are acting like we're not. So let's talk about how we get into it. How, we, how do we manifest Jubilee in our lives. Well, let's read John 6.63. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The words, truths that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. So from a flesh point of view, it makes no logical sense, none, to say I can take off, I'm in the 50th year of Jubilee, all my bills are paid, everything is complete, I don't have to run around in a rat race trying to make money. doesn't make any logical sense. But when we understand that God's Word is spirit and truth, and his word says he wants us to prosper, now all of a sudden we can use his words to cause Jubilee to come into our life by sowing and reaping, because Jesus taught us how to do that in Mark 4.11. The sower sows the word. The word is God's word, and when you sow the word, it goes out to do what God said it would do. While we're at rest, we should be in rest internally. Yeah, it's easy for you to say, Art, because I, I owe a ton of money. Man, the government wants money from me. Everybody, it's a lot of pressure on me. You don't understand. I do understand. But I understand that we need to go to a place inside where we're resting in Jubilee. It starts inside, and then it will materialize outside. When we go inside, and find Jesus. He is the reality of Jubilee. Because he went, he came to earth, because he died on the cross, we have been guaranteed Jubilee. That means God will take care of the 50th year for you. Most people have not changed their thinking from the fact that they got to do it to the fact that God's going to do it because he promised it. And the more you think you have to do it, the more you think, I got to get a plan. I got to go to work. I got to, I got to, I got to. The more you're going to, I got to, the more you're going to do it. But when you trust the Lord with all your heart and learn to lean on, not on your understanding, but on his word, 
he'll begin to show you how you can have everything you need. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages to continue talking about Jubilee. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we are back talking about Jubilee, talking about Jesus declaring we're in Jubilee, that as of that time where he read that scripture, it changed everything, and most people continue to live as if it didn't change anything. So, we're supposed to be in a year of rest. Well, God wants to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. But there's a difference between earning money and gathering money. Let's talk about that for a second. Earning money is exactly what it sounds like. And he, Adam was told he's got to work by the sweat of his brow. But Jesus was the second Adam. He came to refix what happened to Adam. Now, when we understand the difference between gathering and earning. Earning means I got to figure it out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Adam didn't even do good making himself a, a fig leaf suit. I mean, can you imagine how that must have looked? He wasn't real smart about it. So God had a, felt bad for him and he made him clothing, right? And he, he made something for them out of animal skin. And uh, that was probably the first time an animal was killed in order to make clothing for him and Eve. So we have to learn that earning money is definitely us thinking we are something. And I've heard it said a lot, you know, boy, I, I'm a self-made man. I am a, I, you, you, I can do, I'm doing what I'm doing. You wouldn't believe what I'm doing. I can do, I'm doing, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe um, how this is that. And I, I work two jobs and I work three jobs and I, that's great. I'm happy for you. But gathering is what the Lord wants us to do, not earning. To earn a wage is to simply earn the wage that was owed for the time spent, whatever. And some people have figured it out, but really only 3% of the world has figured out how to control all the money. 97% does not. So that's not balanced at all. So God's, our Jesus is saying to us, I can supply, I am Jubilee. I can supply all that you need. And we have to mentally tune out from I'm supplying me to God supplying me. Now, if 
if God's supplying me, is there an is there an amount that I'm allowed to get from Him? No. God says there's an unlimited supply. I'll give you anything you need. I'll give you everything you need. That's the way it was meant to be before Adam sinned, and Jesus came to get it back. So how do we get from earning to gathering? Well, we're gathering because we're looking to gather what the Lord is producing. Now, that's a switch in our brain, but it's a big switch to realize that we're in a time of jubilee where the Lord is saying, I want to get it to you. So sowing and reaping works. Giving works. Giving a Christian attitude works. But then expect to receive from me, not from your job. I mean, you can have a job. I guess if I could do it over again, it's always easy to look back, right? And you say, boy, if I could do that over again. If I could do it over again and I was 25 years old and I wasn't married yet, I'd probably get a good job to start while I'm learning some of this, unless I already knew it because I was taught properly, which is very rare. So I would then get a job and I would take 90% of that money that I had made at that job and I would offer it up to the Lord. I would give it where the Lord directed me. I would live off of the 10%, not not the uh, 90 and give him 10 Okay, because by doing that, you you initiate into into the kingdom a flow of receiving a hundred times back on what you're giving, and, and having the right heart, you would do that. Now, I can't do that because I'm not back there, and, and so. But any job we have, the job we have is to produce the money necessary for our lives, but also t- for the kingdom of God. And the, the law of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping, it gets initiated the more we give, the more we give. So if you're someone who's in a position where you can, you can't outgive God. You've heard it said, but we're in Jubilee. God wants to bless us so much. He doesn't want us to have to work so hard. He wants us to be blessed financially, spiritually, mentally, physically, every way. He wants us to be blessed. Okay, so how do we get into that zone of gathering rather than earning? First of all, it's a mental picture. Stop thinking you're earning and that's all you get. See, that puts a tremendous limit on what God can do for you. Because if you have a job, and if you do, that's great. But if you have a job and you know how much you can earn that year, most people can't expand that. So it's got a limit on it in your mind. So you're thinking, well, that's all I got. Now, if you're someone that's on a fixed income, I always say unfix it. But if you're on a fixed income, you already know how much money you're going to make this year. Maybe you're retired. You got a government check and you got a uh, maybe a retirement check if you're fortunate enough to have one of those. And But it's still a fixed income. But our minds have to get out of that fixed income state and get over to where my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm in jubilee. I am in jubilee. All things are coming to me. Take the limiter off. Take the mindset that's telling you you don't have enough. Take it off so that you can believe for more. Believe for more. Trust the Lord. He 
We're in Jubilee. Jesus said we're in Jubilee. He is the reality of us being in Jubilee. If he didn't come and read that, then I'd say we have to wait every 50 years. You don't have to wait. God will supply in this day, in this hour, because Jesus changed the rules of Jubilee. It's Jubilee right now for you and for me. It's Jubilee. All right, let's read Mark 11, 23, 24. That's why you can, he can say this. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in all his heart, but believes that which he says, well, it will take place and be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident, and that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Now, you got two things going on here. You've got Jesus telling us we can ask for anything. We're in Jubilee. We can ask God for anything. But then we got this other mindset that has all the limits. It's got a limiter, and it's saying, oh, you can't ask for more than that. That's more than you earn in a year. Jubilee. This all fits together. Jesus came that we could have life and have it more abundantly, but you and I have to take off the limits. We are the ones who placed the limits on ourselves by what we believe or how we were brought up or or whatever. But it is, a, I mean, we can blame our parents, we can blame the schools, we can blame everybody, but that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to accept the fact that Jesus came and set us free from all the limits. Well, you, you know, today we say, you know, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, and then somebody doesn't recover. And we say, well, didn't work for me. Does that mean it doesn't work? No. It meant your limiter stopped it, or the person's limiter stopped it. They stopped it by limiting what they believe. Whatever we ask, Jesus said. Now, either Jesus is a liar, or he's telling us the truth. You can't have it both ways. We are the variable. That's the point of what I'm saying today. The variable, the limits that are placed on us are placed by us. We have to get rid of the old self, the old man, the Bible calls it, and renew our mind with the new us. And that is the Word of God. And it's the only way to take off the limits. The limits are built in. Now, each one of us, granted, is in a unique situation in life. Every one of us. Certain amount of money owed or money, or maybe not owed. Maybe you're debt-free. That's even better. Okay, but if you are in a situation where you need money or need healing or need just peace, jubilee, it's here. It's here right now. Now, how do we get it? How do we get it? We have to first shut off the old man's way of thinking. Anything you know from the past way you think to do things, what does God say? Your ways are not my ways. My ways are not, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We have to shut off the limiter. When the limiter comes, when that, that voice talks to you and says, you can't do that. You can't. Who do you think you are? What makes you think you can believe for anything and receive it? We have to shut that thing off. Maybe you're believing for a second home. Maybe you're believing for a beach home. Maybe you're believing for your car to pay it, be paid off ahead of time. 
Maybe you're believing for your, your first house to be paid off because that's the situation you're in. Maybe you're believing for your kids to be debt-free. I don't know, because there are millions of mul multiple circumstances. Bottom line is, what is our limiter doing to the prayer? We have to just get to a place where we throw it all aside, cast our burdens on the Lord, cast our fears, our cares on the Lord, and believe, and believe. Whatever we ask in his name, we get it, but we have to get rid of the limiter. <clears throat> so that's what slows things down for people. It isn't the word of God not working. <clears throat> it is the word inside of us from the past stopping it <laughs> from working. <clears throat> so how do we fix that? How do we renew our mind? And that's the most, you have to put in the word on a daily basis. You got to put in the truth. Let's read here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21 to 23. So let no one exalt proudly concerning men boasting or having this or, or of that man as a leader for all things are yours. We don't have to boast about what we have. We have everything. Whether Paul or Apollos or, or Cephas, Peter, or, or the universe of life or death or immediate or threatening present, or the subsequent or uncertain future, it's all ours. It's been given to us through Jubilee. And we are Christ's, and Christ is God's. We are in Jubilee. We are in Christ. He is Jubilee. We are in Him. He is Jubilee. We are in Christ. Christ is in God. God is in Christ. God sent Himself as Christ, and now we are in Christ, and we are with God. We are no longer in need. We got to take that limiter and shut it off and remind ourselves, I have no need. They say, but that's not true. I look around, I got need everywhere. Shut it off. No longer keep rehearsing your need. And certainly don't go, well, I tried that and it doesn't work and it takes me forever to get something paid off. You just spoke a law into your life that says it takes you forever to get things paid off. Don't expect them to get paid off if you're talking like that. I'm sorry, but you are the limiter. You and I limit ourselves from all the things Jesus did because of what we believe in our heart, say out of our mouth, and accept as fact. Scientists have proven now that all the atomic, subatomic structure in the universe is just kind of randomly around us waiting for instruction. And when one person looks at it, it behaves one way. And when another person looks at it, it behaves another way, based on what they believe or expect to see. So the whole subatomic culture that God created, that heaven is at hand, is waiting for what we believe so it can materialize in our lives. And you don't have to know how it's going to happen. God has created a system that knows how to make materialize whatever it is you want when you believe. But you got to take the limiter off. Take off the limiter. Galatians 4.1. Now, what I mean is that as long as the inheritor, we are, we're the inheritor, we inherited the heir, we're an heir with Christ, is a child and under age, he does not differ from a slave although he's the master of the estate. What does that mean? 
What it means is that we have inherited the complete power, just like God. He made us just like him. And we have been given full dominion over everything around us. But we act like a child. We act like a slave. We act like we're a slave to time, a slave to sickness, a slave to poverty. You don't know how bad it is. Yeah, I do. For you, I can tell just by the way you said it. You're the one that's got to take that limiter off you right now, right exactly now. And I love to talk about now because now faith, Hebrews 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith, what are you thinking now? So I wrote down how many nows we have in a year. Say now is a second. What are you thinking this second? Because then it's the next second, right? It keeps moving. You can't stop it. So now, my now is the old now that I used a minute a second ago is now past. This is the new now. What am I doing with now? How many times a year do you think you have a now opportunity? How many seconds in a year? 31 million. 536,000 nows. Yeah, 31,536,000 nows in a year. What are you doing with your nows? Your nows are either keeping you poor, broke, busted, sick, disgusted, or freeing you up with the truth, putting in the word every second. Oh, I can't put in the truth every second. Well, if you don't put in the truth every second, you're putting in The lie is only two choices. The lie is what you believe is going to happen to you. The truth is what God says is going to happen to you. But what what your reality is, is what you say is going to happen to you. (laughs) Because whatever you say is going to happen to you, you have triggered the connection to the quantum world. The kingdom of God is at hand, and it will give you what you ask for. You're in Jubilee. You can ask for, you have, we have to grow out of this slavery mentality because Adam became a slave. But we're under the new Adam, the second Adam, who took away the slavery. He took us out of slavery and said, all you have to do is ask in my name and I will do it. You will get it. But take away that thinking that says, there's a limit. Pretty interesting if you ask me. But speaking faith-filled words, believing God's word, making it the truth, it's the way it is. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 16. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child or a servant, and when your officials feast in the morning. Woe to the land, he says. Woe when your king is a child, because he doesn't know how to think. He doesn't know how to rule. Therefore, nothing is going to happen right. When you look at all the rulers in this country, I'm talking about government officials, if they are not led by the Spirit of God, they're children, all leading us down a road that you don't want to go down. However, the good news is that a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but it shall not come to you because you are delivered from that when you put the truth first in your mind. However, We are to put in good rulers. We are to make sure we put in people of faith. I don't care how smart somebody thinks they are. 
if they're not putting the truth of God in, we don't want them ruling over us. Period. The end. Job 22:28. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. So how do we get what we want? <coughs> we decree it. We decree the truth. We decree God's word. <coughs> God's word never returns void. We are to decree God's word to get out of being a slave. That's God's word. Doesn't want us to be the slave that Adam became. All the Bible is so consistent in this. Adam had everything he wanted. All he had to do was decide what he wanted, and it materialized. Then he, that's a whole other story, but he became a traitor. He gave information to the devil, and he was shut off from that ability. Jesus came to get it back. It's really that simple. And he got it back. And then he turned to all of us and said, here are the keys to the kingdom. Now, go in my name and take this, take the earth back. Take dominion over it like I told Adam in the garden before he sinned. You have been given dominion over this earth. I don't feel like I've been given dominion. I feel broke, busted, sick. Well, keep talking that way. You keep talking that way, and I guarantee you when I meet you again, and, or if I meet you and I see you in five years, you'll still be broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. The only way out of it is to be like your father in heaven and divorce yourself from the old man and be married to Christ. We are to be married. He, we are the bride of Christ. Be married to what he did for you. Be married to his word operating in you. Be married to the Savior. And then we are no longer under the law, but under grace. All you got to do is accept the proposal, the marriage proposal. Will you accept Jesus's marriage proposal? I have. I pray you do. But get out from under being a slave. Stop thinking like a child. Stop thinking like a slave. Isaiah 8, 8, wait a minute here. You shall also decide to create a thing. No, Romans 4, 17 and 18. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God to whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, speaks of non-existent things, that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. For Abraham, uh, human reason for hope being gone, hope and faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. Um, so numberless, numerous shall your descendants be. You can't even count them, and yet it happened. Our God wants us to believe and become part of Abraham's lineage and be blessed. That's all he's ever wanted. He created us to be blessed, to have an experience on earth where you could understand how heaven works, bring it to earth so that when we go back to heaven, we appreciate that everything works. We appreciate that everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. We appreciate it. Why? Because we've lived on earth and know how valuable the rules of heaven are. We don't want to change heaven like Lucifer did. Lucifer wanted to change heaven. He wanted to say, I got a better way. And he got, what, a third of the angels, which we don't know how many that is, a lot, to go with him. And he was thrown out into the earth. And here we are, 
going to demonstrate, and it's going to happen. We're in that moment. The Father has people all over this world right now that are grasping what we're talking about, that are putting it to work in their life and watching Jubilee take place, watching an abundance. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Those people who worked every day of their life but never gave any credit to God, never gave any glory to God, didn't even believe in God. That money, I'm speaking it, I'm decreeing it, but their money is laid up to be transferred to the body of Christ. And I, for one, am one who is willing to receive it, to put it to work for us, for the Word of God in the earth. So money transfer, it's happening. We are right in the moment of that transfer right now. Reach out by faith. Remind yourself you're in Jubilee and take it by faith. Take it. Isaiah 8.18, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Why are we? For signs and wonders. Are you a sign and a wonder? Are you demonstrating that sign, signs and wonders in your life? Or are the signs and wonders in your life not a good example of God at work here in the earth? God wants you to prosper. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. He came to deliver us from the evil of Satan tricking man into thinking he wasn't like God, tricking man into thinking he's a lousy, no-good sinner. You were, but Jesus fixed all that. There's not a reason in this earth that any human feels like they're just an old sinner. You're not. You're a supernatural gift of God. And you got to start looking at you like he looks at you. He looks at you completely righteous, sin-free. And he looks at you now knowing that he has provided everything you need in this earth. Right now, Jubilee is on you and me. What are we doing with it? Begin to trust that the Lord wants to flood you with blessings starting today. In the meantime... I'll see you next week on this program. We're out of time. Let's get all in with the Lord. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.